Welcome to the Metalist, where we discuss our top five personal favorites. Yeah. Is that what you want to call it? We can all things metal, all things distorted guitars. If you dig it, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud. Don't forget, rate and review, like and subscribe, give us a follow, maybe give us a share. Now, you know what time it is? What time is it? I'm ready for some fucking God Hammered. The metal And now your hosts, David Dilo Lopez and Jason Smith. This is The Metalist. Greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Metalist Podcast. I'm Dave. I'm Jason. And today we're talking about Sacramento's very own Deftones. Jason, first exposure to Deftones. Oh, man. Um, I think first exposure to Deftones was... Uh... God, I'm all, I'm all, I almost want to say that song they did like Wicked with fucking Oh, with Horn? Well, yeah, yeah. I almost want to say that, but like obviously My Own Summer was all over the radio. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I ever knew it was them. And then I, I saw a band. What the fuck was the band's name? Chinese Mustache. That's the name was, of the band? Yeah, that's the name of the band. Sick. Like I always thought it was a cool name. Isn't that we, the same as Fu Manchu? Guess kind of. <laughs> <laughs> They're like Fu Manchu's taken. Yeah, yeah it's that Fu Manchu tribute you know, band. Let's just, yeah, let's just try. Well, let's just dumb it down. We played with them. I think we played with them. It was a uh, so in the little town in Rigby, there was a, a library that had a basement. I don't think any of us really knew they had a basement until this show. Yeah. We got this. We got hit up for by someone to play a, a show in the the library basement. I, I mean, I don't know about the rest of my band, but I was like, what the fuck? There's a basement? like, And so it was my band, D-Knots, and then this Chinese mustache band. I think a band from Salt Lake City. Oh, I think they were from Utah. Okay. And then there was another band from Utah called Froglick. Pretty interesting band. They were kind of yeah. like funk metal. Oh, that sounds like a funk metal band for sure. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, and Chinese mustache played My Own Summer. And everybody went nuts. And I don't think I'd heard the song on the radio yet. Hmm. So I, because when they played that song, I remember thinking like, that song's fucking killer. Like, that's awesome. And so I went, you know, when I was talking to the guys after they played or whatever, I was like, man, like I was going to tell the guy, you know, Hey man, that fucking Shabbat song's pretty cool. <laughs> um, I, I watched all these people come up to them. And say, like, oh, that fucking Deftones cover is awesome. That Deftones cover is so good. Like, oh, the Deftones, Deftones, Deftones. And, and I mean, I'd, heard, I'd seen the, the name in magazines, and, mm-hmm. and I'd seen the album in the, in the store or whatever um, from Adrenaline. And so I was just like, whoa, it's a cover song? Like, so, I mean, I did talk to them. Uh, I didn't put my foot in my mouth and say, hey, like, your song is awesome. Sweet. Um, so, I mean, I'm kind of glad I held back. But... I also, that changed the way me and my uh, singer-guitar player 
kind of operated our band because I think it was at that point when we were like, you know, we're going to stop doing covers. Hmm. Now we, we did, um, we had a lot of our own originals too, but like we, we mixed in a lot of covers with them because like we weren't playing like, we weren't doing like, you know, hour long sets or 45 minute sets. We were playing for like two hour parties, three, four hour parties and God shit. Damn. So, I mean, you got to have some fucking cover tunes. And even then you end up playing some of the same shit twice, like, which totally fucking sucks. But yeah. For everybody that didn't make it for the first part. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it, when it was just like, okay, at that point we were like, no more covers mm. because the last thing I wanted, like I wanted people to come up to us and talk about our songs. Yeah, for sure. Not coming up to me telling me that I did someone else's song awesome. Like yeah. that, I was I was over that. I was like, no, that's not cool, man. I don't want to do that. So we decided we we weren't going to do covers anymore. We were like, no, man. I when I saw Chinese Mustache, when I saw that happen to them, I thought you know it's really cool, but at the same time, like that really fucking sucks. But now I think about it, I'm like, you know, it might have been a good idea, especially for them as an out of town band, mm-hmm. especially back then. You know, there's no streaming services or anything like that. So there was no way to really, like, get any exposure of your music to another crowd. And one way to get a crowd into what you're playing is to do a cover. So Yeah, for sure. After that, dude, like, I remember hearing um, Adrenaline. I didn't really like the album a whole lot. I, I really liked the guitar sound on it. It was pretty, mm-hmm. pretty cool sounding. And then I heard um, Around the Fur... Right around the same time, I think our drummer had both albums. And so what really drew me to Around the Fur was one that's in my top five and the song Around the Fur with that drum beat at the start of it. Yeah, that... Yeah. That... That little vocal thing he does. It's so sick, dude. So... I think that's that. That was kind of the beginning of it. I mean, and and I always liked them. Mm-hmm. I always thought they were a pretty cool band. They were never a big deal to me until I want to say 2012 or 13. Really? It was. It was. Um, in fact, I'll wait. It was around that time. I think it's 2012. The end of 2012 is when they became like huge for me. Okay. Because I kind of. They, you know, I mean, obviously, fucking White Pony was like huge. Oh yeah, everybody liked that album. I thought it was really fucking cool. But after that album, I don't know if I got into different music. I, you know, it's probably one of those things where I was just looking for a different sound. Until like 2012, 2013, somewhere around there, mm-hmm. I didn't, I'd never even heard anything off a of Hexagram or Saturday Night Wrist. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, those yeah. two albums just didn't fucking exist to me. Yeah. You know, so it was kind of like I'd heard White Pony. The next album I heard was Diamond Eyes. Wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, like, I didn't listen to those other two albums. I heard Diamond Eyes and just fell in love with them. And, I mean, at that point, like I said, like, when I really, when they really became a big deal, that's when I went back and I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I mean, I knew those two albums existed. Oh, yeah. I knew Hexagram existed. I didn't even know Saturday Night Wrist was an album. That was a weird time. I've still never listened to Saturday Night Wrist all the way through. For all I know. Even for this? Even that. I, it's so hard for me to get past certain songs that I'm just like, eh. Even Gore, dude. I, I forced myself to finally <laughs> sit just down like, and listen I'm not to even going to bother. No, it's just like... Well, for a top five, that's easy to do because it's like they have... Well, okay, especially with a band like this where, I mean, obviously we both have 
you know, big time attachment to it. Yeah. It's hard to even fathom the idea, not fathom, that sounds dramatic, but <laughs> it is kind of dramatic. It's mm -hmm. hard to fathom the idea that a song on an album that you've barely heard mm -hmm. would possibly be in your top five. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? So I could see where it's like, so say I hadn't heard, I don't know, say I hadn't ever heard Hexgram, right? Mm -hmm. And I still hadn't heard Hexgram. For this, I probably wouldn't even have bothered. Right. There's no point. I'm like, there's no way something on there is going to be in my top five because of the level that all these other songs are at. Oh, you know I, what I mean? I so that, I wouldn't even yeah. have bothered. Yeah, I feel you that. know. So I guess I see that, but I, I did listen to all of them. Like, did you listen to the B sides and rarities thing yeah. too? Oh, yeah, okay. I've, I've listened to that one for a while. Shit. In fact, we'll 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 mention some of that stuff before honorable mentions. We'll get into it. We're gonna yeah. do a deep dive right now. What is your uh, first exposure? So this is what I was trying to figure out. It's uh, I remember I was a little, I want to say 11. Let's pull up the year real quick. Okay, around the fur came out in 97, so I was 12. You know, staying up late. Jesus. Fucking not, you know, supposed to be in bed, blah, blah, blah. Flip around whatever's on because, you know, everybody else is asleep. Whatever the hell show they had on, must have been Saturday night. In 1997, on MTV, Chino is sitting there talking to who, whatever host they had, talking about their new album at the time, Around the Fur, and the first video that comes on is My Own Summer. And I'm instantly just like, yep, I like this. Dude's getting eaten by a shark. That's a trip. I'm 12. I, ha I don't have the internet yet. I, this, is, <laughs> this is overstimulating to me. And so I really liked that song, and I would e grow to like it even more as I got older. But then they ended the show with them uh, with the video for Bored. And I like that oh, one. Oh, nice. I like so I've seen like live footage of them. They put out a thing. Uh, it was like live in Hawaii. Yeah, or I something. was just looking that up too. I never got that, but that sounded cool. I, we watched that. They do a couple like acoustic things where they're just like sitting on the edge of a flower bed or something. Like it was really weird. Um, but then they have like the full concert. Right. And I think that might be one thing that kind of turned me off at the time was that uh, Chino was pretty terrible. Yeah, okay, we can get into that. I was, but I was I've heard say that. that he's so since then, based off of what I've heard, because I've never seen them live, but based off of what they heard, like I was, we can get into it now. I was going to save it for later, but I mean, Chino to me might be one of the fucking best studio fucking singers I've ever heard. Right. Yeah, so that's the thing. And I mean, if you look, so, so the big thing is all of them come from very different backgrounds coming together. That's where the name Deftones apparently comes from. It's the idea of like, they're just they're not like a one type of music band it's just like they have all these different influences coming together so the idea of deaf you know all the late 80s early 90s hip-hop and then tones like the you know okay well let's just get into this too man their name is not the deaf tones yeah it's deaf tones this kid yeah that's very true <laughs> i talked to this kid one time and he tells me he's just a young buck and he's like you know hey like trying to i'm starting my band i need help with a band name mm -hmm. and well i mean there's a bunch of us and i was like hey i'm just gonna tell you this one don't put the yeah as the first thing in your band because then it sounds fucking weird hey man have you heard the new the deftones album yeah. that sounds fucking stupid yeah. two don't put an s at the end of your fucking name because mm -hmm. my band name was Dnots yeah. and everybody called us the Dnots. <laughs> like so, if you put the S in there, everybody fucking automatically yeah. assumes it's a fucking plural. Yeah, you're you're damned if you do, you damned. You know, if or you it's don't. Uh, whatever the fuck, and they always put the in front of it. Just 
I'm not going to tell you what to name your band, but keep those two fucking things in mind because I've heard so many people say the Deftones. Yeah, yeah. And it's not. It's just Deftones. Yeah, or the Gallows or any of that. That's uh, No, I feel you. So, yeah, that's the idea is it's like the hip-hop influence of, with the Def thing and then, like, Tones comes from, you know, it says right here Dick Dale and, and the Dell Tones, like, you know, 50s rock stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's a cool idea. I've also... Apparently, it's also a pun on tone deaf. I've never heard that. But the only, the other one I heard is their name was actually Deft Ones, and people just saw it together and just called it Deftones. So they're like, sure, but that was some rumor. I've never Side story. My little brother had a band for a little while. Nice. And they went. their first show was a high school fucking talent show. Oh, I'm the, Right? <laughs> so they have the to write down a band name, and they didn't have a band name. Mm-hmm. So they're fucking, I can't remember who it was, but one of them just wrote, Blow Me. Nice. But Uh-oh. they but they took out the W, so it's B L O M E. A Blome. And so when they got announced, they got announced as Blome. <laughs> nice. And so that was their band name. I mean, they they didn't play very long. It was just you know like a I don't know six month run or something. They had like yeah, yeah, I think they played like three or four shows. But yeah, they were they were known as Blome. Nice. <laughs> Have you ever heard? I, I just heard the other day where, where Terror got their name from. Was Vogel had their you know us oh, the new super group featuring these guys. And forever and ever, they didn't have a name. And the guy's like, dude, okay, it's time. I got to put something on the flyer. What am I going to put on? And Vogel's looking around his room while he's on the, the phone. And he's just like, uh, and he's, he's, he's a, a sheer terror, seven inch. And he's just all, uh, terror? I was going <laughs> to say, it's got to be something from sheer terror. Yeah, yeah like, just, and then he's like, okay. And then it's been terror ever since. Yeah, little stories like that. But no, so the thing about coming from these eclectic backgrounds is Chino by and large will tell you he's like not per se a, a huge beauty heavy music guy he obviously likes a lot of it but like he's an 80s new wave post-punk kid so that's where his vocals are coming from for the most part and so like like a lot of people have said oh how can you like that guy he's, he's so breathy he's not even singing you know who cares, dude? He's doing what he does. It's not about sounding like anybody voice. else. He uses his voice in so many different ways. I can't yeah. think of a lot of singers that do a lot, do as many different things as he does. Yeah. Maybe Mike Patton. I mean, but Mike Patton uses his voice a lot, like as if he. I mean, he's like the musical Frank Welker. Like he yeah. well just phrased. makes noises a lot of times. Where Chino does a lot of oohs and ahs and woes and and. He sings without lyrics a lot. Yes. It's kind of weird. And then if you really get into like all the background stuff he uses and how he uses his backup vocals, yeah, it's really, I mean, there's a lot of call and answer, if that's what it's called. Uh, call and response. Call and response, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of that sort of thing. There's a lot of whispers. He has a very wide range of things that he does. Yeah. Not necessarily like vocal range, but just the stuff he does. And then you top in the you know the the rapping, the screaming, the fucking you know the falsetto stuff that he does, and and it's he does so many fucking different things, dude. And yeah, it, it's very unlikely that you would be able to recreate that in the slightest in a live fucking setting. Yeah, well, you know what I mean. Like, and I think that's what can tend to disappoint people. Yeah. It wasn't you know? just him though. Like, like that was the thing. Is I remember just being like, "Oh, dude, so great on on recording, right?" And then seeing footage of them playing live and being like, "Oh man, I mean the energy's there, but they are they were sloppy as shit, dude." And I was like, "Oh man, I hope this is just like 
how it looks on TV and then seeing it live isn't like this, dude, it was Well, so I wonder rough. how much of that, too, was like it was more about the energy and less about the playing. Because, I mean, I've listened to live recordings of shows that I was at. Yeah. Like, I think there was, I, think I, had, <laughs> I had downloaded one of Slipknot, it was Slipknot Fear Factory and Chimera. Mm. Um, some of the Soulfly stuff I downloaded. Oh, um, Soulfly's another and one. And it sounds... When you're there, it's it's awesome. Yeah, no, and then exactly. you listen to it back, and you're just like, "Wow, that sounds like shit." Yeah, you know what I mean. Like there was one; it was a head pee and spine shank live in Pocatello. Okay, right, and the guy that was running the sound was a, a guy I knew, mm-hmm. and he had told me he just put it up on Napster, and so I fucking downloaded it, and I listened to it, and I was like, "Motherfucker, like this sucks." Like, yeah. but when I was there, yeah, I'm feeling it. You know, yeah. and I'm giving my energy and getting their energy back, yeah. and vice versa. It was, it's totally different. You you hear things completely. Well, your brain interprets it totally different. So, yeah, I could see where a band might be fucking sloppy. And if you are really loving that band and you feel that fucking band, and they're you know, and they're moving around and stuff mm-hmm. like. Because I mean, that's the other thing. People vastly underestimate how difficult it is to play certain things. Oh yeah, when you're fucking running and jumping around and fucking doing all this crazy shit so it's like everybody loves those fucking like gunslinger moves you know the the guitar gunslinger where they flip the guitar around their fucking back and, yeah and everybody loves that shit but what they got to remember is you, you know, I mean, you're not playing when you're doing that right so it's, something has to give yeah you know what i mean and it's like so you do sacrifice a little bit with performance but again that's a sacrifice i'm willing to make because if i if you're just playing it like on the fucking album i might as well stay home and listen to the album so like tool <laughs> well yeah and that's the thing like i i feel like now okay here's what i remember about that live in hawaii thing man chino doing digital bath oh dude it sucked yeah and i've never heard a live version of digital bath that i saw, thought sounded good well so here's the thing i i give him a lot of crap every time i've seen him which is like 3 they sounded awful when they toured on White Pony in 2000, wasn't that bad. And oh. and I thought he pulled it off live, but I was 15, right? And I was probably just super stoked to be there, so who knows. Tripped out on this. Deftones headlining over Foo Fighters and The Cult. And whoever they were else was pr- they there. They were pretty big. I mean, it's really weird like because I never saw them as a big thing. They were just kind of like this cool band that was middle of the pack, like mm-hmm. just there. But I would see some of like the tours and some of the shows they played, and, and you know, meeting people that were like massive Deftones fans, and and it was just like it always blew my mind. Like I'm like, How, well, what? Yeah. Like this is really, this is really weird to me because I didn't think that they were that big of a deal. Here's another thing. I was playing a show. Um, I was booking a show at Tony's Billiards in Blackfoot, Blackfoot, Idaho, and I was talking to Tony. And uh, we were trying to come up with dates and stuff. And he was telling me like, what, you know, like, oh, well, on this date, I got this band coming in. Do you guys want to play with them? Or I got this band on this date. Do you want to play with them? He said a name. I can't remember the name of the band, but he said a name is something kind of intriguing. I'm like, what kind of band is that? Uh-huh. You know, because I wanted to play with another metal band. And he said, they're emo. And I'm like, what's emo? Hmm. And he's like, so he ex- kind of explained Like, Tony's this old Italian guy. Like... Straight up gold chains, fuck nice. all that shit, dude. Like, and, and his wife was like, oh, I think the kid said it was short for emotional. And then Tony's like, yeah, he said they're like, they're like Deftones. And I was like, what? Like Deftones is emotional? So right after that, I talked to a promoter mm-hmm. and he had told me that 
he well, he was talking about another emo band, right? Right. And I asked him, "What the fuck? Like, is this a new thing?" Yeah. And he's like, "Oh yeah." He's like, "It's it's Deftones style." And I was like, "So wait a minute, you're telling me Deftones is a new style? Like they're an emo band?" And he's like, "Yeah." Hmm. And I was like, "Wow, okay, cool. Like I've never heard of that before." But I also remember on MP3.com, R.I.P.D. Yeah. Oh. That um, I remember Corn was listed as Pimp Core. So at that time, all oh, these bands, yeah. especially the alternative metal bands, were yeah. all coming up with strange genres and yep. making up their own genres. So I thought like this emo thing was just like this made up fucking thing, and then it turned into what we all know as the emo. Oh my god! Movement. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? And it was just really weird to me that like as far as I can tell, Deftones were the start of all of that. Yeah. Oh man, we could do a whole episode on emo because emo in the '80s, emo in the '90s, and emo from 2000 on are very different things. Oh Even yeah. Now, but like. But I can see it now. Like when I listen to Deftones now, I can I can hear it. I can. I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah. I there's can definitely there's hear it. Definitely shades of emo because like there is a hardcore influence in Deftones, but really what it is, fucking bad brains, and then yeah, all those. You know, if you want to call it emo, but also post hardcore from Washington D.C. around there and all that weird kind of niche thing but there's like that's just one of the shades they have in there and i guess they were kind of being pushed more in that direction when new metal phased out and they stopped being new metal to me not that they were ever straight new metal but like to me but like like once all that died out they had to you know find some new bands to play with so they were definitely being pushed more in that direction if you look in um halloween night they played with uh oh no okay it was it was poison the well Awesome lineup, but also on that tour on the East Coast, I think it was, they played with uh, Thrice and Thursday, huh. which so uh, you can see where they were kind of going in there. And they also headlined, the last time I saw them in 2006, they headlined Taste of Chaos, which was kind of supposed to be more an emo-centric uh, Well, you know, if you listen to, I mean, pre-White Pony, you listen to that stuff, man, it's definitely fucking new metal shit. It's like they got kind of a little bit trippier on White Pony, and they kind of... Because, I mean, one of the bigger songs off there was Back to School. Yeah. And that was kind of like a rappier kind of... Th- it was still like the old style. Yeah, but well, there, there's a whole story behind that, like, too. Back they... to School sounds like something that would be on Around the Fur yeah. or Adrenaline, where Change doesn't sound like that. Yeah. There's nothing on... Around the fur, adrenaline that's like change, and there's definitely nothing like digital bath or fucking knife party oh, or yeah. RX Queen. They really kind of went even more like that. I mean, that's where they became really like alt. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? And that's the stuff that really got me, and that's the stuff that they really embraced. And I mean, you as you go on, you hear more and more of these ethereal type trippy kind of songs yeah. like it it just there is just like they double down each album and but i mean they keep they still have some type it's weird they they and i guess that's what makes it emo they they still have an edge to it yeah there's still this metal kind of you know whatever hardcore like edge to what they're doing mm-hmm. it's just you know you listen to the song I mean, it's actually pretty mellow tune oh absolutely you know what i mean like so and that's the stuff that kind of draws me. That's the stuff that really drew me in. Yeah. I mean, as far as like, you know, yeah. Because, I mean, again, Adrenaline and, and Around the Fur, it was just kind of like, 
it wasn't anything really. I mean, even at the time, it wasn't anything really stand out. I mean, Corn was doing similar stuff better. Yeah, a, a lot of bands were doing similar stuff better. Yeah, no, you know absolutely. what I mean. So well, so that's the whole trip. Is like I love those first two albums, but I only ever listen to the singles. All right, I don't even listen to Seven Words that much off of Adrenaline. I just listen to Bored. But um, well, so that was the big trip with Back to School. Is the original version of White Pony doesn't come with it. Yeah. And that was the big thing for me. It was like, okay, I like these other songs from that. What's it hooked on to? Pink Maggot? Yeah, it's the, yeah. it's Pink Maggot rearranged. So that was the whole trip was like, they were like, okay, change in the House of Flies, huge. We don't have anything else on this album that we want to put out. So you guys have to go in and put out a, a new song and fucking and to, to, you know, be part of that whole burgeoning. Because that was 2000 was like the very middle of new metal, you know. Pink, oh, yeah. Right? So they had to, and they, they basically were like, okay, and they just shat out a song immediately. And it worked out, you know, look, it was, it's one of their biggest songs, but like, it's such a cynical move on their part. And they were, st- even after all that, it still came out great for what it was, you know? I mean, I remember that song being pretty fucking big. Oh, yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. I, I mean, again, at the time, I was still kind of like not fully in, like White Pony, when it, when it came out, still to me wasn't like, in fact, even now, I mean, I know that's a lot of people's like pinnacle of fucking Deftones, and to me, it's not. Like, there's a lot of stuff on that album I don't really like. I can see that. Well, when it you know first I mean? came like, out, I was like, I've never heard more so album. than the other albums. Well, yeah, really, because for me, oh, yeah. dude, I, it's all about White Pony up to a point. As like, far as full albums worth of fucking songs that are fucking awesome, it, dude, it's fucking Diamond Eyes and fucking Koino Yokan. See, like, that's that album was, is yeah. almost a perfect album. That's, that's, that's my favorite yeah. Deftones album. My my three favorite. Well, no shit. <laughs> yeah, like I almost, I almost, I I could have made a top five just from Koi. See, same. That's that's where I had to stop myself. I because that that is the thing is for the longest time it was a tie a tie between when I was fifteen. White Pony fucked my world up, dude. I was I was on a family trip to Santa Barbara listening to it nonstop, and I was like, dude, this is a whole new level. And then, yeah, Diamond Eyes comes out 10 years later in Koinoyo Khan, and it was a tie between those three for so long. And then I finally was like, what if I listen to all three back and forth, and now it's not even close. I I love White Pony, but it's between those two, and I think Koinoyo Khan has another. Well, one thing edge. is like Koi was the one that came out when I started listening to them again. Yeah. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Like 2012, right? Yeah. So it was 2012. I just looked it up, but yeah. So before I get into any of that, I just want to say like Steven Carpenter. I mean, I think we said before, he's just one of the most underrated guitar players around. Absolutely. No one ever fucking talks about the guy. Like it's, to me, like I'm obviously Chino, which I guess now he plays guitar. He's been playing guitar for a little while too. Yeah, like, since, at least uh, live. Pony. I don't know if he records any of the guitars, but he plays them live. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, oh, but, speaking of, but they would have. They, I mean, he would have to live for some of those songs. No, he 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 does. You know? yeah, I mean, absolutely. somebody's got to do it, and it's yeah. like, oh, well, we're gonna hire another guitar yeah. player. But to go back to Chino, uh, so he used to be really awful live, and he fucked up his voice, and he's one of his uh, vocal cords is paralyzed. So we had to go in and relearn how to sing properly. And now he sounds better on record than he ever did. And now I haven't seen it yet, but I really want to. Is Supposedly he's amazing live now. Supposedly he had he had to fuck up his voice huh. to become really good. And I'll have I, to look up some stuff. I haven't heard, I haven't seen anything like footage. Yeah. Buck, man, quite a while. But yeah, I mean, I always figured he, because he sounds better on, uh, just today I was listening to something off around the front. I can't remember what it was. Mm-hmm. 
And I was like, compared to what he's doing now, I'm like, that can't be all studio shit. Right. You know what I mean? Like, he's just a better singer. But, I mean, the guy's busy, too. Like, all his side stuff is, I was, that's is fucking great. What I just pulled up, you know? yeah. I mean, Crosses. Crosses is one of my favorites, dude. It's almost like a fucking goth, like a goth yeah. pop noir type thing. You know, Team Sleep mm-hmm. is really fucking cool, kind of fucking slinky, sexy type shit. Yeah, um, it's, it's like a Teenager, that song on... Yeah. Yeah, but if it was a band, yeah. right? And then like Palms. Palms, you know, I fucking basically love. Basically ISIS it's, with it's Chino Singh. Like, this literally fucking that, great, dude. I love like, it. I wish they would do more stuff. Yeah. Uh, supposedly they're working on a full length. And then I know that he did a song for like some Batman fucking deal or some comic book thing. Yeah. That song was really fucking cool. It reminded but it reminded me of the um it reminded me of Cross's stuff. He also has this other side project that hasn't done anything since because uh, Doctor No ended up in the hospital for a while and he's like just now kind of getting back on his feet. But it was announced in 2016. He had a band with Doctor No from Bad Brains, Mackie from Crow Mags and occasionally Bad Brains, and some other dudes. And I heard the one song they put on, and it was it was cool. But then, yeah, Doctor No ended up hospitalized, so I don't I don't know if that's on hold or not. Huh. Dude works. He's he's a busy cat, dude. Oh yeah, it's and I mean he like like I said, everybody knows what he's about, what he's doing. He's he's awesome. Mm-hmm. But to me, like the fucking I don't know what you call it, like the 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 hero, the star of the group, is fucking Abe Cunningham. Yeah, for sure. That dude on the drums is amazing. He's mm-hmm. such a fucking good drummer. They, I don't think this band would be what they are if they didn't have Abe playing drums. The guy, clever, like I talk about clever guitar players and clever lyricists, man, like and clever singers. This dude's a clever drummer. Mm-hmm. He's also the solid pocket guy. Yeah, very much. He can show off when he needs to. He can work within the, you know, program drums any sequencing this i mean the guy's just he's fucking flawless man like i can't say enough about abe cunningham dude like i feel like he should and i don't know maybe i don't read drummer magazine or anything like that but it certainly seems like he's underrated for sure yeah because i remember people talking about david silvera all the time and hey you know and uh um what's his name from uh limp biscuit uh john otto i think it's john otto yeah, yeah. like i mean you know, which, you know, he's a great drummer in his own right, too. Like, you know, around that time, I, I the, the drummers, the peers that Abe had, like, to me, I mean, just, I mean they were good. All of them were, you know, a lot of them were good. Yeah, but, absolutely. I mean, he smokes Silvera. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, just big time. Yeah. Him and the fucking dude from Limp Bizkit. But Korn was the bigger band, so the drummer got a little more love. And, and, and it's kind of weird because it's like you never really hear anybody, you know, I don't know, drummer's a kind of a thankless job sometimes oh absolutely <laughs> you know? they have the, nora has that song nobody ever takes say, pictures of the drummer i was just gonna ask you what band it was i thought it was bane but yeah it was nora both <laughs> both characters from batman so that's the important thing <laughs> rest in peace nora freeze so on that note oh you know what else shout out to frank frank's kind of an unsung hero in that respect too frank delgado yeah yeah he started DJ? out he, yeah, he and he like what well. What does he do though? Now he's electronics. Oh, okay, you know what okay, I mean. Yeah. Like, you remember when all those bands? It was just like because it's just like oh, Deftones has a DJ now. Well, yeah, and I was always like, well, what the fuck does he do? Because it's not like it's not like DJ Lethal where they're nah, like scratching yeah. all over the place. I figured it was all like sample stuff and sequencing. And, yeah, now you know, yeah, yeah. and he's on uh, or at least around the fur. He just wasn't an original or he wasn't an official member yet. They made him official on White Pony, and he's been doing electronic shit ever since. And if you listen to some of those songs and how. 
Yeah, I always not forget the dude. But like pronounced, you know, some of those songs are the. Yeah, uh, I always forget that he's there. Yeah, entombed on Koinoyo Khan. You got um, even like the little electronic bits on the song hexagram, like, like, like if it's if it's can be super subtle, but it can add. Well, a there's lot a of ton of stuff on Saturday Night Riss. Saturday Night Riss is one of the wettest albums I've ever heard. It's a good way to put you know, it. I mean, it's it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um. So before we get into some of the other stuff, I would just like to say, from from what you know of seeing on the internet and talking to people, which is considered the worst album. Uh, um, hexagram or Saturday Night Wrist. Saturday Night Wrist. Really? That's yeah. see. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Everybody. Everybody. And that's the one I, out of the two. I like Saturday Night Wrist better really? than Hexagram. Oh yeah. I. I. Because that's the thing is I, I. I still have not been able to get through the whole thing. I've. I've been able to pick songs at a time. Cherry Waves is underrated. Well, maybe not under. Well, yeah, it is underrated. But like, like people that love that song fucking love it. So when I heard more people talking about it, I was like, I need to give this another spin. And I was like. Damn, that's well, a good example of a Frank song right there. Let's say I got two gems off of fucking Saturday Night Wrist that people should listen to, man. One is Xerxes, mm-hmm. great fucking song. Really, kind of it's it's one of those ones where it's kind of like even Chino singing like a swirly keyboard part. Yeah, it's really weird. Like, <laughs> but he gets really fucking out there on that fucking song. There's a lot of fucking like weird shit going on, and then Combat, which mm-hmm. is one of the more like upbeat heavier songs but even then it's still got that that really kind of uh ethereal tinge to it those are two gems that i found off of there that were that were really fucking cool and then hexagram i'll just say one of my honorable mentions right now is needles and pins that's a fucking great song uh shout out to amanda and mike zabo Back in Idaho Falls, Idaho, she was oh, the okay. one that showed me that. She showed me that song. That was the first thing I ever heard off of Hexgram. I was at the bar and we were talking, and she said her and her husband were like huge Deftones fans, mm-hmm. right? And I was like, oh, fucking right on. Like, and uh, she gave me a ride back to my car at another bar. And she, there was like a group of us, and there was like, well, what's your favorite fucking Deftones? So she said Needles and Pins, and I'm like, I never even heard it. So when she was driving me back to my car, mm-hmm. she played Needles Needles and Pins for me, and I was like, fuck, this song's fucking awesome. So yeah. that was the first time I ever heard anything off of Hexgram. That was 2012. Damn. Okay, so that's where it all kind of starts. So there's a story. It's, uh, oh, Hexagram's the first song, Deftones is the album. And I was like, wait a second. What is oh, that? yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. That's right. So that was the thing. I remember when this first came out, it was 2003. It was close to Halloween because that's around the time. Oh, never mind. May 20th. Anyway, I remember all the, the singles coming out and being really into it. And then I finally get it. And I was like, I what like were singles I like. Off of it. it was Minerva and uh, Hexagram, which are both going to be mentioned later. Dude, Minerva's not terrible, but I love Minerva. I mean, I like the song. It's It's... It wasn't enough to make an honorable mention, but it did make my list of thirty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there, there you go. There, there's a, there's a good. That's an honorable mention in itself. But like, so some of these songs I just never registered with me, and I've been listening to some of the stuff back and forth. You know what I think a big part of it is album sequencing can make or break a big, you know, thing for an album. And I think part of it is I've, I've gone back to these songs individually rather than as the part of the album. And listening to them out of order. Yeah, and it takes yeah. on a whole new context. Yeah, so for I sure. have very recently. What's this fucking song stuck in my head? What what am I listening to? It was needles and pins just randomly. I was like, whoa, where'd that come from? This is cool on its own. Another one is when girls telephone boys, dude. Fucking gnarly heavy. I like, might have to listen to that one because I <clears throat> I 
that's one I just, you know, that was one that didn't make the list of 30 because I don't recall. Some of it's the fucking song name, too. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, if you can't, I don't, I don't know. It's, I, you know, you have a hard time remembering putting it together. Oh, this song is this melody line or riff for this part from this yeah. song is this song. Like, so, like, a lot of times I don't ever say my own summer. I, I just say shove it. And then that yeah, way more sure. people know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah, you know what I mean? Sure. They, because the association. So a lot of times <laughs> the name can really kind of fuck with them. And, yeah. and Deftones, let's face it. I mean, they got some weird names for their oh, fucking yeah. songs. But What's that? What's the first one off White Pony? The the regular version? Felicitera or something like that? Felicitera or yeah, something? Yeah, see, see? How do you say yeah, it? <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's really fucking strange. So, so basically it goes down like this. Like 2012, I'm splitting up with my son's mom. This got pretty heavy this whole week got really fucking weird like the last two weeks got really weird pretty heavy for me because like listening to a lot of deftones and it's the time of year so yeah so we we were splitting up in the you know it's kind of started in the fall and it went deep into the winter and i think it was yesterday or the day before mm-hmm. was the day that i moved out of her house and moved into my parents house mm-hmm. moved back into my parents house. so we were fully split up Right. And I mean, it was like, you know, I had to tell the kids, you know, we had to tell them we were splitting up and I was moving out and this and that. And it was probably the hardest thing I'd ever had to, I've ever had to do. Mm. So then around this time, I had come to San Diego and I came, I came here on a vacation and I, for some reason, man, I started listening to Diamond Eyes. Okay. Um, a little bit more than normal. Right. And it was like, I don't know, it just hit me a certain way, I guess. And then, which, I mean, I'd heard the album before. Right. That was one when when it came out, like, I mean, I knew it, I downloaded it, I burned it. But I only really listened to the song Diamond Eyes. Like, it just, you know, that heavy fucking opening riff was just mm-hmm. like, fuck yeah, cool. I didn't really listen to the rest of it. So when I got to San Diego, like, I was really kind of listening to it. I was like, damn, like, this is a really good album. So when I got back, like, okay, so then I get back, we, and we go through the whole fucking split up or whatever, because that was, like, kind of like the last good time so then move out and then it's like okay well i mean i was with her for 15 years so all of a sudden it's just like whoa dude like okay for one i have nothing right everything was in her name i played in a band i mean i barely worked it was all her money everything was in her name she gave me the car and i could keep my like cell phone hooked up like in her name or whatever but like other than that dude i didn't have anything Mm -hmm. i mean just clothes and so there was, you know, I don't have anything. I don't even know what fucking bills I had. I mean, she handled all the money and everything. And then, you know, I'm moving back in with my parents' house. I'm 39 years old. Or I'm turning 39. And then, you know, like another one was like, um, or 38 or something. I can't remember. Anyways, I, I, I mean, it's just, you know, 15 years of you haven't had to, I mean, I'm just like, dude, like, do I date? Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, and it's a totally different time. I mean, you got to think like, so when we got together 15 years, 97, I, that I think right is what me. it was. Is that right, man? I'm not the math guy, but that me neither, right, dude. Yeah. Like go listen to a math podcast. <laughs> but like I fucking, you know, it was 97. I mean, that was, there's, dude, there's fucking barely internet. Mm. There's no social media at all. Yeah. There's no camera, video phones. There's no texting. There's, you know, and and even prior to then, I didn't date really. I mean, it was just like you know, we you know, it's a small town. Like you fucking hang out with somebody, 
you know, they they bring a girl around as a friend or something, and you know, and you guys go to a or you go to a party, and there's a girl you haven't seen before. You go fucking talk to her and introduce yourself. Maybe you see her at three or four parties, and after a while, you might ask her out. But I never asked her out. Mm-hmm. I never asked any girls out. It was always just like, you know, hey, do you want to hang oh, out? Oh, dude, I can attest that small town dating fucking sucks. Dude. Yeah, Ramona. I mean, it's like it's like, Ugh. do you want to hang out or you know, hey, there's this party to want to go together, or it's like. um you know, hey, like, you know, come over to my friend's house. We're going to, you know, fucking sit around, watch movies and smoke weed. And it was always like a really casual thing for me. I'd never really like formally asked a girl out like on a date. Right. And so I was fucking scared, dude. I was like really fucking scared. It was just like, holy fucking shit. Like there's this whole other fucking world, dude. Like, I mean, now there's Facebook and there's mm-hmm. fucking Tinder, Bumble. Fucking, there, there wasn't Tinder at the time, but there oh, was that, okay. that fish one. There was oh, a fish plenty one. of fish, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I never got on it, like, but, but my son's mom got on it just to see what was, was see what it was all about. She showed it to me. It was really fucking crazy. I mean, we didn't hate each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was nice, but it was still really, it was just really hard, and it was just like fucking holy shit, man. And 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 it was like so on one hand, so well then it's okay. So what do adults do? Yeah, <laughs> you know, I was like, I don't know what adults do. Yeah. So I was like, oh fuck, all right. Well, and it's not like here where there's a concert every night. You can go to a concert every night. It was really, I was just like, God damn, like, I don't know what to do in this fucking town. Like, uh, I guess I'll go to a bar. Hmm. And, uh, you know, I had a friend that was like, you know, hey, like, she was, uh, I worked at, we worked at the same place. And she was like, hey, well, I mean, some of us are going out and getting drinks. Like, do you, you know, if you want, you can meet us, you know, at this bar. And I was like, oh, all right, cool. You know, yeah, sure. Let's, okay, I'll do that. You know, like. And I think I had posted something that I was at that bar and like if another friend of mine had basically like tagged me in a picture and said like, why are you fucking around at that bar? Come down to this one. Hmm. And to be completely honest with you, the whole reason I went over there was because he was with a girl who worked in the bank at the store that I worked at and I thought she was hot. And so I thought, oh, this would be a good chance to meet her. Mm -hmm. So I went down there. And it turns out she's married, so I'm like, well, that's going nowhere. <laughs> but it was a nicer bar, mm-hmm. up more up end. And that, so that was a big thing, too, man. Like, I didn't really like going to bars in Idaho because, I mean, there's like a fucking 85% chance you're going to get in a fight. Jeez. Like, it, it just, you know, people get drunk, they fight, and that's how it goes. So, but this was like a more upscale, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I was like, okay, like, I doubt anything like that's going to happen here. So I felt a little bit more relaxed. Yeah, for sure. At that bar. And, but because I had a drinking problem when I was younger, I made sure that I was only drinking beer. I, I don't really like beer. I, and I, so I won't drink enough of it to get completely fucked up. Right. And another thing is it makes me full really quick. So I was like, okay, like I can't, you know, whatever. So I was like, all right, just beer only. Time it out. You know, make sure you're keeping track of time so that you have time to drive back home. Because I mean, I had to live, I, I mean, I lived like, you know, 20 miles away, 15, 20 miles away. Mm-hmm. So it was like, all right, you know, and you don't want to get DUIs. I don't want to get in a wreck or anything like that. So it was like really trying to like, it was a really strange time for me. And you know what's weird? It's like, you know, like just, it just really just kind of came out. I think right around that time. Yeah. Because I think this is like probably like end of November, early December. Maybe you could look that up for me. But it, it was the new album. It was the new shit. And it was like, fuck yeah. And so because it was the new thing and because I was kind of going out, so I'll just say it right now, man. I mean, I think Deftones is probably one of the sexiest fucking metal bands, metal music around. I think most people would agree. November I don't really. 12th, I, 2012. When is it? November 12th. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't really, I've never really been one to bone to fucking metal. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, I've I mean, heard some people do some really weird choices. Yeah, like, dude. I mean, I've heard people like I, mean, I had a friend that was always like, "Fuck a Pantera, bro," and I'm like, "What?" Just, I, I heard a friend that did it to Despised Icon. I'm just weird. like, you are a strange. Yeah, fellow, I mean, dude. so, but this stuff. You know, I mean, it's it's a tie between these guys and Typo Negative. But oh yeah, I mean, they they have a lot of pretty songs. They have a lot of like sensual songs. They have a lot of chicks love Chino's voice. Yeah, dude. A lot like of dudes do too. So it's. I was listening to that a lot, and I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, it's like, okay, well, now I'm on the prowl, for lack of a better term, and and so I'm listening to this album a lot, and it's just like, wow, I mean, it's just hit me all kinds of ways. I've all different kinds of emotions going on, so it's really weird. Like, I have, when I listen to, especially Koi, I have a lot of mixed feelings, because it's always like, it's this kind of like new excitement, happiness of like, Oh, I'm single now. Mm-hmm. Like I can literally do whatever the fuck I want. But there's also this menace to it of, oh, I'm single now. You know, and it was like I would be going out. I remember driving to the bar after work, or you know, and I'm getting texts from like my two buddies. You know, and hey, we're you know we're heading there now and stuff like that, and you know, and and, and I'm meeting. Different girl, and so this is the thing too, man. It's a small town. I mean, meeting a girl you don't know <laughs> or don't know from before, it's pretty difficult to do. Yeah. Either that, or they're younger than you. Like they got to be quite a bit younger than you. But I mean, I was meeting some different girls. There's a girl, a different girl. I ended up being with for like about a year. She was kind of, you know, she was chasing me at the time. There's, you know, a couple other girls I was kind of like trying to get to. So there was excitement there, and it was like, oh yeah, you know, like I'm gonna go out, and like maybe one of them will be around, like you know, and. Again, it was the casual approach. I mean, I could have just fucking got their number and been like, hey, do you want to go on a date? But I was too chicken shit. I right. never knew how to do it. So I was like, oh, it's, well, hopefully they're at the bar this night. You know, so so it was all this excitement. But then all of a sudden it was like, you know, end of the night, I'm going home to my parents' house mm-hmm. by myself going, fuck. Yeah. Like, this fucking sucks. And then, you know, laying in bed, just, you know, thinking about everything that fucking sucks. It was really fucking weird. And then, you know, and then there's the stuff too of like, you know, when I actually got into a relationship, actually two of them. And it's really weird. So me and my son's mom split up wintertime. The following winter, me and the other girl split up. Mm-hmm. The following winter, me and the other girl split up. So three girls, three breakups, same time of year, all three of them. Yeah. And the last one, I was like, fuck this. I'm moving back to San Diego. I don't want to be anywhere near fucking snow or cold. You know, I'm getting weird. I feel weird around that time. In fact, even this winter, it's really weird. I don't see snow. Snow apparently is not the trigger. My brain still knows it's winter. (laughs) My brain still knows what time of year it is. And it gets weird sometimes. Like, it didn't last year, but this year it is. Hmm. And then this didn't help because I'm listening to fucking Deftones the whole fucking, like, the last two weeks. you got, like, a a connection that kind of takes you back to a certain time in in a respect when you you get to some of this music? Oh, big time, dude. I don't know. There's not a whole lot of... So... There's only like two other bands I probably have this much of a connection with, but this is probably the most emotional connection I have with mm. with a band. And it's because like that's what I'm saying, like it's this sexy kind of music where it's like, okay, you're going out on the fucking town, you're gonna go, you know, oh, I'm gonna go meet this girl at this bar and you're listening to fucking Deftones and you're throwing on, I don't know, romantic dreams, or you're throwing on yeah. fucking 
you know, beauty school or fucking, uh, you've seen the butcher or something, some kind of like these sexier fucking tunes. And you're like, it's like, Oh wow. I mean, it would be the same if you put on like love you to death by typo negative or, you know, I mean, it's a weird album, a weird <laughs> title, but I mean the song, like, I mean, it, it it's something that's really legit. Gonna, it, it sounds like I don't, equate metal with getting in the mood but like there are certain songs where it's like okay this is clearly a song to get in the fucking mood Most you know what i mean like yeah. and you're listening to these fucking songs you're like fuck yeah like this is fucking cool so you remember that feeling that yeah. excitement that that feeling of like oh man like so you forget whatever like what happened like i forget what happened with my son's mom mm-hmm. for a little while yeah it's like everything that fucking happened Good or bad, that doesn't. That's not real right now. Yeah. What's real right now? Kind of getting in the mood. Gonna go meet this girl. I'm hoping it goes good, you know. And it's like I want her. I hope she wants me. That's so there's song. so there's <laughs> that that. I mean that alone, like that little tug of war right there. When you're like kind of flirting, getting to know somebody, and you're just not quite sure if they fucking yeah. want you as bad as you want them. That feeling right there can be so awesome and so shitty at the same time. Absolutely. Because depending on your fucking mood, dude, <laughs> it can swing either way really quick and it's like, oh, fuck. That's like a really fucking razor edge type feeling right there. And, you know, and you're, you're getting that in there and you're and the whole time you're feeling all this shit, you're listening to this music. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? And if it was something like fucking Cannibal Corpse or something, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. There's not... There's certain t- things that there's certain types of music that do certain things. There's definitely fucking music that evokes more fucking emotional response than other types of music. Definitely. That's just a fucking given. Mm-hmm. And so you're listening to Deftones while all this stuff is happening and it's just like they're a really dangerous band for me. Hmm. You know, probably the most dangerous band for me because they're really pretty. Yeah. But if you're in a bad mood, it could really So there's stuff you'll listen to when you're in a fucking bad mood or you're feeling down that'll fucking actually get you out. Absolutely. Right? And then there's those bands that you want to listen to that they're just there to fucking hang out with you while you wallow yeah, in the mire. Yeah, misery loves company. Yeah, kind of thing. yeah. You know, they're going to hold your hand. They're going to give you a hug, but they're not going to drag you out. They're going to be like, oh, I'll sit here with you. We might need to do a whole list of you're just like, that, dude. I'll keep you company. Yeah. I'll be your homie in the fucking dirt. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like you're gonna have to listen to some other band that's gonna get you out of the dirt because yeah. I'm not that guy, mm-hmm. right? And Deftones for me is not that band. Hmm. They'll sit there and hang out with me. Interesting. When I'm on my way to these things, everything's fucking awesome. I'm in a different state of mind. I'm in a positive state of mind. Fuck yeah, fuck yeah, fuck yeah. Like boo boo boo. You know, fucking hanging out at the bar. Seems like it went well. You know, it's not just me and the girl. It's always there's always a group of us, yeah. right? But there's like little flirty things going on, whatever. And then it's like end of the night. I'm driving back home. And I mean, at first when I'm driving back home, it's still positive. It's like, oh, fuck, yeah, well, that went pretty good, man. It seemed like we were flirting a little bit. She seems kind of down. Maybe the next time or the time after that's the time where you actually like make a move or something, right? Mm-hmm. But that's only like the first half of the drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and then, then the second half of the drive. the south down. Yeah, or like yeah. right when you start fucking pulling into your drive where you're like, oh, man, she probably, I'm, I'm looking into this too much. She's yeah. probably not interested. You know, and, 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 then it's, and then you start remembering all the stuff from before, like with my son's mom and stuff like that. And like what went wrong? What went good? Um, what did I do? What did she do? And, and then, you know, you're walking into your parents' basement by yourself. 
Yeah. You know, going to sleep by yourself when for 15 years you're used to sleeping next to somebody. Like, so I'm, I almost want to say like that time was like one of the fucking strangest times of my life. And I did have the, I had the two bands that really fucking helped me from getting too far down. Right. You know what I mean? But we're not talking about them right now. We're talking about the dudes that hung out with me. That's <laughs> Deftones. Like, so that's interesting. I, I can kind of yeah. relate at a certain point because 2003. So you have weird associations with time of year. I, I kind of get that where like fall sucks for me. Kind of like that. I oh, will. Yeah. I have a thing now where I can never date a girl that was born in October because I had bad luck with that. And that time of year was kind of weird to me for that reason. For a while. It's funny you dragging all this up. I, you're talking about emotions I haven't felt in like years so that's just trippy <laughs> to like think about it like that but uh so one of the albums that i had trouble listening to for a while because of that was the self-titled album uh because that was around it wasn't even the soundtrack it was just there you know where you're not like intentionally listening to it just the songs come up but it was there during the shittiest summer of my life in 2003 and so like anytime i would hear that it would it would drudge up those memories but only for a while. All that stuff, I don't really have a lot of music that does that anymore. But at the time, dude, yeah. The one album I can't listen to anymore is uh, Perseverance by Ape Breed. Because that was the thing I used to get me out of that funk forever. And so I can get up to, like, I Will Be Heard, and then everything after that, it just takes me right back to 2003, and it sucks. Which I'm eternally thankful for that album. It's just because I listened to it so much to get me out of that. It's forever that album, right. you know what I mean? So like, and I hadn't heard any of those songs until they started playing them at, at Warp Tour last summer, and like, it was like in the middle of their set, and I started feeling all these things I hadn't felt in years, and I was like, whoa. It's weird because like, I mean, when I first moved to San Diego, I mean, we were talking about four, two years out mm-hmm. from when me and my son's mom split up. Yeah, about two years out when I first moved to San Diego. Right. So for the first year here, it was kind of like. Well, no, I mean, that was the thing, like, it was, it, it became really quick, like, I mean, once I'm over it, I'm really, you know, I'm, I won't say I'm over something until I'm really over it. Right. You know what I mean? And I mean, that's like, okay, I can listen to that song that reminds me of that thing, and it doesn't fuck with me. Right. Right? That's put your hands in the air, you fucking won, that's a victory big time, right? But this stuff, it's like... Well, and then there's the other stuff that's like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm over that. I'm over that. Like, it's not a big deal. And then you hear the fucking song and you just fucking completely fucking panic and crumble. This doesn't do that to me. Right. It just makes me feel weird. Hmm. You know, I, I'm fine with everything that happened. I have been for a long time. Yeah. It's just, there's so much more like, well, okay, so I'm fine with what happened with her. I'm fine with what happened with all the fucking girls, whatever. Right. It's just the in-between feelings of where, like, in-between them. Like, you know, because it was like, oh, I'm kind of dating this girl, but I'm, like, kind of flirting with this girl, too. And it's like, this is the soundtrack in-between that. For me, it's kind of a fucking place I don't ever want to (laughs) be. You know what I mean? I don't ever want to be there again. But, like, it's, again, all of that is associated with this band. Yeah, okay. More than any other band. So that's interesting, because it's never (laughs) been one band for me. It's always been songs. So it's interesting to get a different perspective like that. And you're talking about things, again, I haven't thought about or felt in years. So that's interesting to get, you know, that perspective into things. So is it just those albums uh, from around that time? Well, 
So the albums I listened to at the time were White Pony, mm-hmm. Koi, Diamond Eyes, and a few songs off of Saturday Night Wrist. Okay. Well, I mean, obviously that Needles and Pins song. Yeah. When that girl showed me that song, like I was, I fell in love with that song big time. So I gotta give that record another spin. I was like, damn, spin. dude, that song is fucking awesome. I don't listen to the whole album though. Mm. You know, I mean, I'll if if I listen to that album, I'll listen to like Needles and Pins and like Minerva. That's about all I really listen to. But I listen to Saturday Night Wrist a lot more. And it's not like I was listening to that whole album either. There's just like certain songs on there. One of them's in my fucking top five. Yeah. But but the big the big ones were Koi and fucking Diamond Eyes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I wasn't listening to like Fatisera or or fucking, you know, back to school or you know, passenger. And there she goes. So yeah, knife party and passenger, you were saying? Oh, yeah, I mean, I wasn't really listening to all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, hold on. So, yeah, I wasn't listening to all of what... Like I said, I mean, there's... I know, a lot, like, White Pony is, like, a big album for a lot of people, but to me, it's, like, there's only, like... To me, there's, like, four really fucking standout songs, and then everything else is, like, okay. It was it was mostly... And then, I mean, it's really, too, it's really weird, too, because, like, Gore came out, and it was, like... I don't know. I mean, I remember listening to it, but... It wasn't until now. And it was nice because now I listen to it and, like, uh, you know, a, a bunch of the songs sounded familiar. Yeah. But, I mean, I probably listened to it, like, two or three times all the way through and nothing really caught my ear. So I was like, oh, you know, and I just kind of shelved it and I haven't really listened to it. So that's what that was me you know yesterday. I, mean? I was trying to give it another go to see if anything stuck out. And it's pretty much still where it is. Everybody's comparing it to Saturday Night Wrist where, like, there's a couple of good songs on it and then everything else just doesn't quite register. So here's my trajectory as far as the albums go. Loved the songs I loved off the first two albums. Everything else is all right. Loved White Pony front to back. And then after that, Deftone self-titled, it gets kind of, okay, there's songs on here. Same with uh, Saturday Night Wrist. And then when Diamond Eyes hits, that's the first time I've ever been like front to back, love this album just like I did with White Pony. Then same with Koyanoyo Khan. And then, uh, and then Gore, same deal. I, I I noticed it. He was. It's not a very guitar centric album. Like some. No, of it almost are. sounds like a side project of Chino's. Yeah. Is what it reminds me of. It reminds me of like a less gothic, less nine inch nailsy crosses. Yeah, but I didn't realize how like very guitarless almost some of those songs were. I do tell you what though. Doom User has a sweet like traditional heavy metal riff in there. That that was a nice kind of element to add to the table. But again. You know what else is interesting too is me and man uh, Marcus were talking about how much like he feels like Abe's drum sound is very underrated, right? It's got a very natural and the hard hitting sound, you know, and the the snare yeah. has a very loud pop to it, and I like that. The drum sound on on Gore is not like that at all. It's very compressed. Well, I mean, it sounds more like drum machine. So it's know. interesting to me that now they're saying. Okay, Chino and Steven are meeting up and they're hashing out some ideas for the new album. They're going to make sure he gets more of his ideas on there. So that's cool. That'll be interesting to hear. I love Matt Hyde as a producer. It was just weird hearing his take on on Deftones be so different from like everything else that came before it. So that was the whole thing with their eclectic style thing is they get tagged a lot as an alternative metal band, which to me is pretty accurate you know they are because they do so many different fucking things dude they do Absolutely. so many different fucking styles they're a really 
eclectic fucking band. Like mm-hmm. they, I think they mastered what a lot of bands want to, and that's we want to be able to do whatever we want to do. Absolutely. I mean, I think there are bands out there. I don't know of anybody if officially, but I mean, I. I bet there's a lot of bands out there that wish they could do other things with their band, but they can't because they would lose all the fucking fan base. Like Cannibal and Hatebreed, they've been very open about wanting to experiment, or at least Hatebreed has. I mean, it's basically like these guys could do anything, mm-hmm. any type of album they wanted. I think Deftones fans would be on board because if you're if you've been a fan for this long it's either you're cool with them doing any anything any type of fucking music or you just know that there's going to be enough of whatever type of song of theirs that you like there'll be enough of it to hold you over absolutely you know what i mean you know it's an underrated ass song that i would be more curious to hear some of that style is is uh mascara from around the fur oh yeah dude and then like i some of the songs Coming up on uh, on my top five are not going to be heavy at all, like like those more ethereal kind of heavy, you know. Most of slow them, I songs, mean, dude, so sick. Most of the stuff that I like the best from them is the ethereal stuff, not the heavy stuff. Right. You know, I was interested. To me, they're they're a fucking they're a mellow band that sometimes plays heavy shit, but I also feel like they're one of the, you know they're one of the fucking bands to me that it's like for one reason or another it's not like i hate the heavy stuff i just don't think it's as good like um shit what's that one song like elite yeah exactly that's what i was gonna say like i really like that song that's heavy as fuck yeah like it's it's pretty much fucking hardcore song almost And, and it's like fuck yeah dude like that shit's heavy as shit like and i like it it's just that's not your go-to for this. No, and I don't yeah. think it's. I don't think it's great. It's just a fucking good heavy song. Like yeah. you know what I mean. It's you know a bunch of stuff off Adrenaline is like that too. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, where it's just like I mean it's good fucking heavy stuff, but I mean it's not to me. It's not their standout shit, and it's not to me. That's not their signature shit either. Right. No, you know what I mean. Like their yeah. signature. Like I said, when they hit White Pony, and it's like they kind of dabbled with that trippy alt fucking ethereal type stuff man that became their shit that's all the top five songs you know what i mean in, uh, is it that description yeah in the uh in the spotify top i'm not five. even fucking surprised yeah those are the fucking jams that everybody's gonna probably listen to the most mm-hmm. you know the, jamie josta says digital bath has got to be the uh the heaviest song the most babies have made to oh made yeah to. <laughs> for sure dude like it's got to be that one like yeah yeah, I mean, I'd, I mean, I know a lot of people say you've seen The Butcher and stuff, but, dude, Digital Baths probably made a lot of fucking babies, oh, too, yeah. man. Well, I tell you what, too. Like, like you know what's a good example? It, well, you, well, I shouldn't say that. It's, you know what I like when they do both of those things, the really heavy and the really kind of, not mellower, but the more melodic, say, is, like, when they kind of find that middle ground in a song like Poltergeist off Koinoyo Khan. Where yeah. it's like really jarring in the verses, and then it's super, you know, very melodic, very, I don't want to say sensual, but that is something he does very well. It's it's that middle Leathers. ground. Leathers, too. Yeah, Like, it's really abrasive. Yeah, that's probably... And he's screaming his ass off, and then all of a sudden, shedding your Yeah, dude. Like, it goes into this big, beautiful fucking thing, like... 
Maybe they, that's why that's so high on both of our lists, dude. Because like, they do that a lot, man. Like, yeah. they, and they're really fucking good at that. Mm-hmm. And to me, like, that's what that—that's what this band is. Absolutely. It's not when you're ripe, you'll bleed out of control. Yeah. You know, like, it's not engine number nine or fucking seven words. It's it's mm-hmm. it's not that stuff. Like Absolutely. that's and I mean especially adrenaline. I mean that's just their first album, dude. Yeah. Like they yeah, don't even yeah. probably know who the fuck they are yet. Truly. So, watching, you know, I mean, looking at this band evolve, absolutely, it's pretty fucking incredible. So that's the other thing is the alternative metal tag. I think absolutely applies to all aspects of their career. Um, so any closing statements, Deftones? No, I mean not really. Like it's, I'm totally cool getting to the list right now. I just. Well, I mean, I'll give a shout out to some. I mean, I can't remember all of their names. I remember there's one Harmony Fell, and I know there's another guy who used to go by the name of Donnie Danko. He's from Colorado, or he moved from Colorado to somewhere, Virginia to Colorado or something. And I think Harmony Fell lives in like Portland or somewhere in Oregon. Um, those are two people that I know. So I used to post like Sunset stuff, and I'd post like Deftones lyrics because they always had like cool fucking sexy lyrics or love lyrics or whatever. And, um, you know, I'd always hashtag Deftones and stuff. And I ended up getting, a, like, a lot of the followers I still have now. I mean, these are people that were I mean, trying to think of when I first got on Instagram. I think, like, 2011? Really? 2011, 2012, oh, somewhere damn. around there. So, I think it was 2012 because, um, yeah, it was, I think it was 2012. And, like, I know the Harmony fell... We're still following each other now. And it's because those Deftones hashtags. So there was like a lot of people that I had that I still have in my friend in my followers that are like st- solely there because like the Deftones thing. Oh shit. Yeah, it's it's pretty weird. Like and it's not like they just post Deftones shit. You know what I mean? And I don't post Deftones shit much anymore, but like that's how we became how we came to start following each other or whatever. So, and I don't even know if they follow me back. Like I've been following those guys for a long time. You know, I, I'm pretty sure they do like, but yeah, I mean, those are the only two I can think of right off the top of my head, but I know there's like quite a few of them, you know, shout out to those guys. Um, probably the, you know, like some big Deftones heads. I already said, you know, my friend Amanda, Mike, and I know a lot of fucking people that really love Deftones. So oh, yeah, same. I mean, shout out to all of them. You know, a lot of people back in Idaho that that really fucking love this band. I do. I I know a lot of the people too that only like the you know they stop at White Pony, <laughs> you know, and it's like, oh man, there's so much good shit yeah. though. You know, so that's the big I, takeaway from this episode. Don't stop. Just go through the whole thing. Yeah. There's gonna be something for you. Yeah, for sure. I and I, I mean, I mean, I could get on Facebook right now, post any fucking Deftones song jam of the day. It'll it would get a lot of love on yeah. there. So definitely I think it's time to take a break and get into the list, I think. For sure. Okay, folks. Aw shit. Now it's time. Counting down the top five for Deftones. Um so obviously we get the honorable mentions out of the way. And I if there's a big chunk of honorable mentions I want to say that's just the covers they do because we don't usually do covers but this their was covers tough are man. I had like sick. a list of thirty. Yeah. So let's go. Let's go covers real quick. Yeah, dude. Um, I'm not gonna list all of them, but I mean, what's the a couple, that stuck what's some with me? Sta- what's some standout covers for you, dude? Shaw Day, No Ordinary Love. Yeah, dude, that's so a fucking sick. great one. Um, what's I'm, the- I'm gonna go with Drive by the Cars because I used okay. to love the original one, and that's not sung by Rick Ocasek. It's the one that's sung by Ben. The fuck is the dude's name? That guy. 
God damn it. Anyways, <laughs> say another one. I'm going to look it up real quick. The other one is a Sinatra by uh, by Helmet, dude. That one's great. Did they did they do a formal recording of that? Yeah, it's on the B-Sides comp. What was the other oh, one? Oh, yeah, okay. Um, I really liked their, their cover of uh, Simple Man, too. Yeah. That one was really good. I... I know a lot of people that say like, oh, you know, like, you know, a lot of people bag on Chino singing, but it's not like, I can never remember which one was fucking singing for, for, for uh, Leonard Skinner, but, yeah. but it's not, he was the greatest singer ever either. You know what I mean? Like, well, I heard some story that Chino didn't even want to do it. So that's why he sounds so meh. Yeah, Benjamin Orr. That's the go. guy's name. But yeah, I mean, it's, that was a good one. It, it kind of uh, showed you different playing style from Steven Carpenter and yeah. stuff. And I always, I, I, I do like the chauffeur. That's so the, the one I was looking for. The two for. that I knew the mo- the best were uh, chauffeur by Duran Duran and, and no ordinary love because they were two that I had fucking downloaded. I um, didn't know. Well, okay. So drive was, was um, self-titled slash Saturday night wrist era for me. And I didn't yeah. know that they had done that. I'm not sure when simple man came out. Yeah, they they did some pretty cool fucking covers, man. I always fucking liked, but I mean, none of them as good as No Ordinary Love. I mean, that one's that, <laughs> that one's hard to beat. That fucking dude. cover's fucking great, man. Yeah, it's it's similar to the original in a lot of ways, but it has its own tone, <laughs> a deaf tone. <laughs> Alrighty, honorary mentions. You want me to start it off? Sure. Alrighty. So first, gotta give a shout out to Board. The first one, even though Shove It was like, you know, the Is first the one, one I heard. Like, uh, like in the middle? Just the big yell thing? Hmm. No. It's just got a... Trying to think of which one you're It might be Birthmark. Of. It's the first song off Adrenaline. <clears throat> oh, and, uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Board is a totally different song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that one's cool. Like, I really like the guitar on that one, man. Yeah. That is very bitey guitar tone, dude. Terry Date coming in. Clutch, you know what else? I just realized the the I I also want to give a shout out while we're in that era to the the hidden track on on uh, Adrenaline. Terry Date produced the album proper, but the hidden track is produced by Ross Robinson. As far as I know, the only thing that uh Ross Robinson's ever What's the hidden track on it? I'm trying to remember what it's called. Uh, I'm looking it up. It's you know the um It's called First. Oh, is it? Okay. Cuz I guess on Spotify it says First and then it has a uh, hyphen hidden track. Yeah. Cow's fucking hidden tracks were so fucking annoying. I, uh, they were very of the time. It's so it's, glad that everybody's over it. Or yeah. just You know what else? Same era, teething. Which the only place it was recorded was on uh, the Crow of City of Angels soundtrack, and they perform it in the movie itself. But I, that's like an old-ass song from the demo days. And they still bust it out every once in a while live, I guess. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. And it's not on... It's not on fucking Spotify yeah, like a lot it's not of those compilations Spotify. I like. That's right. I the totally bummer. forgot about that fucking song. Yeah. God love YouTube. How about you? <laughs> First one? Tempest. Ah, good one. It was really hard not to put this in my top five. Yeah. It's such a fucking good song. Now, I can't remember if it's... I think it might be Tempest. That's uh, the one that's in Fast and Furious 8. Oh, I... Or it might be a different song. I'm not, I can't remember which one it is, but man, the fucking song is so good, dude. That was the first one they released for uh, for Koinoyo Khan, right? No, I think Leathers was the first one released, and then Tempest. Okay. But I just love the, you know, you know, and yeah. like, Every part of that song is sick. 
It just yeah. has a good fucking groove to it. Sick guitar tone, sick bass tone. It's it's fucking great, man. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's got the cool little fucking spacey sound, fucking little, you know, everything kind of dies out and he's singing and stuff. It's just fucking great all the way around. I know what I'm listening to on the way home. I now. mean, I'll say another one real quick because I, I mean, I'm not going to get into it. Maybe you will. Um, Digital Bath. It didn't make my top five. It was, I mean, at one point, it probably would have been my number one. Yeah, it's a sick um, song. That was one of the first Deftone songs I heard that I really loved. I just found out it's about him killing some shit. Yeah, I just in a bathtub, like with a yeah, what was with it? a toaster with or something? Toaster, yeah. yeah, something electro- electric. Um, yeah, but I, I, just the whole tonight, I feel like more like the the way he sings that part. It's just. It's just amazing. Oh, like yeah. it's so good, man. Like, and I, 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 I think that would probably be top two or three on a lot of people's lists, yeah, man. Yeah. I, I, I feel like that's a really fucking crowd that's a fave, big one. like Absolutely. you know, fan fave for sure. Another one for you. Another one for me. Uh, so one thing about Digital Bath, I like the acoustic version. I like pretty much all the acoustic. Yeah, versions that one's they pretty have. good too. And I really like the acoustic of my next. My next choice is Be Quiet and Drive Far Away. Nice. Yeah, dude. I remember, I remember seeing that video when I was a kid, going back and talking about the videos. Nothing really substantial about the video itself, other than they just look badass doing it. You know, they're just some fucking wetting down concrete slab in like a parking garage or something, and it's just them playing. But that song is just so sick. It's so melodic and so. Three songs remind me of Japan when I went there. One is um, "Better Days" or something like that by a uh, Japanese band called Dragon Ash. Um, it samples. It samples. Fuck. Today is the greatest. Oh, day Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, and of course it's not on Spotify, so I can't look it up. It's something like Lonely Days or Better Days or something like that. Like I can't remember what it is. Anyways, there's that song, and then there's two. Uh, one, one main one. Uh, Incubus. Pardon me. Mm, okay. And be quiet and drive far away. And that is why. Be Quiet and Drive Far Away is my number five. Those were two bands to me that were in tandem for a while was Incubus and uh, and Deftones. You know, they were they were prime examples of alternative metal when when Incubus could still even be called alternative metal. I just like the big fucking open chord, like those big chords, huge chords. Sounds like a fucking, you know, 18-string guitar. Just massive fucking chords. And then the fucking... Bow, da, cow, down, 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 like, and him screaming fucking, I don't care where, just oh, far. Yeah. Like, it's so good, man. Like It's consistent uh, as hell. Fucking love that fucking and song. And you know what's weird is I didn't like the song that much back then. Hmm. I just remember from Japan because I had... I took... You know, you don't have so much room to take so many CDs. And I wanted yeah. some stuff that I didn't listen to a whole lot. Yeah. So I could have a chance to listen to him. And I had like this cheesy fucking Discman. It wasn't even a real Discman. It was like a fucking Walmart special. The company was called J-Win. Like it was ridiculous. I was like, wow, this thing, this fucking thing sucks. But it played my burned discs. And one of the discs I took was around the fur. And it was like, I almost think the reason it reminds me of Japan so much like, is because like I was listening to like Shove It and Around the Fur and Mascara a lot rickets but i didn't ever skip be quiet and drive far away mm. i just wouldn't pay much attention to it when it was on okay and then years later i get more into deftones and they become a bigger deal and it becomes one of my favorite songs and like i'll you know and part of that is just, it just reminded me of being in japan yeah chino's vocals on it dude too especially if you oh, think yeah. about the way he does all that Oof. how about you my next two honorable mentions are actually like gem 
type things. One is from Saturday Night Risk, and it is Combat. So I kind of mentioned that one before. And then the other one is from Gore. I had three songs off of Gore that were that made my list of 30. I just picked my favorite one from those, and it's Prayers Slash Triangles. I just really like how he fucking sings that fucking song. It's yeah. very pretty. I just, like I said before, they just really excel at that. So number oh, yeah. five for me is Be Quiet and Drive Far Away. What's number five for you? My number five, if I can pull it back up, there we go, is Street Carp. The only, not only, but it's my favorite song off White Pony. It's right in the middle. It's The video is whatever. They, that's the thing is they have a lot of whatever videos that I didn't see for the longest time where it's just them playing in some room. But I just like that whole song, and they misprinted the lyrics so they could get away with not having the parental advisory. They're kind of nonsensical, but like he does a lot of nonsensical lyrics. I never liked that song. Really? It's really weird. Huh. Yeah, that would never even would have made like... Never. I know that's a lot of people's least favorite song on that album. I don't know why. I just really like it. I'm trying to think of how the fuck it even goes. Like it's I never liked it, so I never really listened to it much. It starts with that guitar part where it's all and then he does the little scream and then it goes right into it. And you know what I think a lot of stuff has to do with that is is I really like Steven's guitar tone. And I mean I've liked his guitar tone throughout, but like on those early those first three records at the very least, kind of four. It's just very sharp, very blaring, very... Hold that thought. Unpause. <laughs> I actually don't mind Street Carp. I was, I was thinking of a totally different thing. Nice. Yeah, not too bad of a tune. I still like Elite better, but... Mm-hmm. Did I mention that was the only Grammy they ever got was for Elite? I just saw what? that. Yeah, they, they got the nomination and award in 2001 for Best Metal Performance. Wow, that's pretty crazy, because it's not that great of a song. Yeah. I like it, but it's not that great. Like, yeah. Um... It's the Grammys. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't take anything True. they... You know, I don't I, yeah, who heart. gives a shit about that. Yeah. How about you? Number four. Number four. All right. So I came to, like I'd mentioned, I had come to San Diego and I was listening to a lot of Deftones when me and my son's mom was splitting up. Well, I was hanging out with this girl. I won't name her name or anything, but I was hanging out with this girl and I thought like something was happening. At least it was with, on my end. I don't know. Maybe not with her. Maybe. But, you know, obviously she lived here. I lived in Idaho. And I was still with my son's mom. It was just, we were like kind of right in the middle of like, everything was kind of weird. And like, I wasn't sure what was going on. She wasn't sure what was going on and everything's getting crazy. But a friend of mine, when I explained, I was hanging out with this girl. It was literally, we, we hung out one night. Uh-huh. That's it. We went and hung out down by the waves and stuff. It was pretty interesting when I, cause once I moved back, I mean, it wasn't like, oh, I still had a crush or there was, there was no feelings or anything. It wasn't still there was nothing it was just like oh cool and i mean i knew her before we were friends and i mean as far as i know we're still friends like it's fine but like another friend of mine said you know what that was like that wasn't you know obviously like you know it didn't you know nothing happened so i mean no holding hands even like all we did was walk around and fucking talk but she was exactly what you needed at the time she was a distraction Hmm. okay because the whole time you were hanging out with her you probably weren't thinking about your life basically falling apart back back home it was also letting you know that there's other women and you'll meet other women everything will be fine right you know it, it sucks right now and you're gonna have to deal with whatever it is you're dealing with but she just showed you that it's not all bad and she's like, and it doesn't matter if anything came from that or not or if anything was supposed to come from that or not that doesn't matter. She's like, it just matters that you were shown. So one song that 
at the time. Now, since then, it doesn't remind me of that in the slightest. It actually reminds me of the ocean, big time. Okay. So I came back to San Diego for my 40th birthday. Uh-huh. I was hanging out at the beach a lot. I was staying in Ocean Beach. I was going to the beach during the day. I was going to the beach at night. And this song reminded me, like, I was listening to this song a lot. And I think maybe I was trying to rekindle some of that. Because, I mean, by this time, me and my son's mom, like, we're, we're done. We're completely out, right? right? I'd already fucking been with another girl for a year. And then we broke up. And I came to San Diego. And I knew coming to San Diego, get this. She broke up with me on my birthday, New Year's Eve, mm. which my birthday's New Year's Day. But we had an apartment together. So it was like, okay, at the end of the month, I'll move out. You can have the apartment. Right. You know, I'll move back in with my parents in the fucking basement, whatever. Because at the time, I was thinking I'll move back in with my parents and I'll just move to San Diego. Mm-hmm. My friend, the same one that had told, I was talking about before, she and her boyfriend-ish, they flew me out to San Diego for my 40th birthday. Hmm. And so nice. I was hanging out here, and I, I might have been trying to get some of that feeling back because I was down and out. Right. Knew that I was basically going, like, after this trip, I was basically going back home and live with this girl for, like, another two weeks mm-hmm. before I had to move out, which is difficult to do. Because, right. I mean, we didn't have a couch, so, I mean, we just slept in the same bed still. Uh, That's really hard to do. I um, imagine. But I was trying to get a little bit of a good feeling from it. And actually what happened was it didn't remind me of hanging out with that other girl. It reminded me of, like, you're not fucked. Everything's going to be okay. Like, you'll be fine. And it really reminded me of what I love about the ocean and it's just seeing the waves and just not thinking about anything and just letting fucking go, which is really weird because uh, the song is sex tape. Dude. Yeah. Good one. It's not about sex to me or a love or anything like that. It's well, it is about love. It's about my love for the ocean is what it is to me. Mm -hmm. My love for the ocean, which is why I moved back to San Diego in the first place. Right. You know, so I could be close to the ocean. So, and I mean, I don't get there as much as I would like to, but not a lot of people do. <laughs> you notice that? It's it's just uh, I get lazy and I want to stay home and shit like that. Like, but I it, it also is too. It's like I know it's there when I need it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But this this song when I hear it now, it's just this love that I have for the ocean and the waves, the calming effect of it. You know, I mean, I like going to the beach, but I don't go to the beach. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't, you know, I don't hang out all day. I don't like that, you know, when you go, there's a ton of fucking people. I mean, I, yeah. you know, whatever, man. Like, but there's also a lot of people and that doesn't bother me because I tune everybody out. Hmm. As soon as I'm there, everything's gone. Yeah. Like, it's just the waves. So that's what the song is. I know it's about a fucking, you know, some people, it's like, oh, it's a former love and he's just recounting a, a love or a, a, a sexy time or something and that's why it's called sex tape is because it's like a memory of some sort. That's fine. I, you know, that's not what it is for me. It's love for the fucking ocean. Yeah, and that, you know that's I mean? the thing about music is it's whatever it And it's a beautiful that. fucking song. Oh, yeah. Perfect fucking clean tones. The way he sings it is so fucking great. And then the fucking little fucking upper melody lines that Steven's playing is just so fucking... It's awesome. One thing about this fucking band is it's 
overtones and undertones and side tones and fucking deftones and fucking all kinds <laughs> of like whatever like there's so much textured stuff and they just layer their music really good and and uh this is one of those fucking songs that just like really puts me in a good fucking spot man i feel that you know what it came close to my list which is another honorable mention is uh beauty school kind of does a similar thing yeah that one was really close to mine really close to mine mm. um solid album props to nick whatever his name is that guy that dude that does like all the big rock albums now yeah man that yeah that one's a good one too absolutely uh so my number four what you said earlier prayers and triangles there's a reason they nice. let that off dude again i'm not i'm still trying to get more into the gore album but like when the song is fucking that strong it's the same problem i have with Saturday Night Rest, it's hard for me to get past that one song, you know what I mean? The, even the video they have where it's all the trippy silhouettes of them playing and it's against the weird colors and shit, so it's like these weird, colorful, shimmering shadows. It's weird. I don't it's I'll have awesome. to check that out. I like it a lot. It kind of, it's kind of, it's something they do well, but it's especially exemplified here. It's heavy, but it's floaty. You know what I mean? Yeah, very floaty. Yeah. I, I yeah, that's kind of how sex tape is too, like real floaty, Yeah, you know? And I like how he even the even the first part in the chorus was prayers. Like the way he says prayers, like yeah. it's really fucking cool. Like because it allows him to hit these notes in a certain way. Yeah. The the melody of that chorus is fucking outstanding. Absolutely. Yeah, that was definitely a fucking standout on that album. Like that, I mean, that one was really close. If I had some type of tie to it, it probably would have been on my list. There you go. Because it's that good. Like. It was definitely one that obviously made my fucking honorable mention without any type. The clear cut, there's a lot of things to like about that song, but my clear cut favorite thing is that weird, trippy, shimmery, uh, clean guitar thing he does in the verses. The little descending thing? Yeah. Yeah, And then dude. they bring it back again at the end of, in the chorus, yeah. and it's distorted this time, and it sounds... Oh. Oh, I'm like yeah, putting dude. together a playlist in my head for when I drive home. Dude. Right, yeah. it's sick as fuck, dude. Like it's a really <laughs> good fucking tune, and you know, and that's the thing. I've never saw anybody posting about gore like I did with Koya Noyokan, dude. Like mm -hmm. everybody was posting album cover and posting YouTube fucking links and fucking Spotify links. Like you gotta listen to this fucking song. Like this album is fucking so good, and I just didn't see any of that with gore. Yeah, it was weird. Hopefully, you know. See what happens with the next one. If send us your emails, I mean, I would love to see what you guys think of that fucking of all of their shit. But I mean, definitely, I would like to see what everybody thought about Gore. Number three, Passenger. Okay, featuring Maynard James Keenan, which is weird for me because I'm not a big Tool fan, but I always thought Maynard was a great singer. I don't think, but I mean, I just don't think he's like a godly singer. I just think he's a really great singer. But his voice, his the way his voice sounds. Meshes with the way Chino's voice sounds. With the, he's a little more thinner and maybe a little more nasally, a little more falsetto-y. Yeah. Where Maynard is more, a little more powerful. Mm -hmm. You know, thicker, fuller. They just, they just do a really fucking great job together. The trade-off is something that a lot more bands, I think, should do as far as oh, like yeah. kind of the, uh, well, the call and response aspect, but also just the amount of time the guest is actually on the song. You know what I mean? Yeah, the, for sure. Um, like, fuck, yeah, there's a reason it's one of their most popular songs. I mean, even if you take his performance out, what that song does musically is stellar. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, the second part of that is, like, that fucking riff, dude, like, mm -hmm. is fucking great, man. Like, yeah. And the bass does weird shit, too. Yeah. It's really moving. Yeah, it's a tour de force you know, for everybody. Kind of slurry and stuff. Like, it's, I mean, it might be on the nose, man, but it is a perfect 
fucking nighttime driving song, dude. Yeah, yeah you know, absolutely. and just like yeah, roll your fucking windows down. A lot of their shit is, but I mean that especially, dude. There's an aggressive, you know, if you think about the way he's saying "go" in that song, or whatever, like like he's there's a little more force to it. There's a little more fire. Yeah, Maynard's into it, man. That isn't just like. You know, oh, send me the track and I'll yeah. I'll fucking do the song. You know, send me the track and Venmo me the money and I'll do the song real quick. And there's just he's just trying to get through it real quick. I mean, he's into that song. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Like you can tell. Like either that or he just he really is one of the greatest singers. Mm-hmm. And there, hey, there's some singers that can do that. They yeah. they don't need to have written the lyrics to get into what they're doing. In fact, to me, that's what great singers do. They can capture an emotion without being connected to the emotion that's just that's just what great singers can do and maybe that's what he's doing regardless the bottom line is you listen to it and he fucking sounds like he's into that song Uh, like and it's fucking great you know as much as i bag on fucking tool man like i mean he's a great fucking singer yeah he's good at what he does they're great at what they do and that fucking song like yeah that's another one where i'm just like yeah i mean this would probably be top one or two yeah, yeah. You know, for most people's fucking list. And it's Absolutely. it's just fucking outstanding, dude. And I, I've had night drives, lots of them, where I've just had this song probably louder than I've ever had anything in my fucking car. Definitely yeah. a good one. And yeah, so my number three, going back to self-titled album. First of all, shout out also special uh, honorable mention to Minerva. I, I enjoy that video. Because it's just them playing out in the middle of the desert, and I like the desert, so fucking it works for me. And it's like twilight, and it's pretty, and it's a, it's a cool, ethereal, trippy, just relaxing song. It's like it's a very, I feel very at peace when I hear it. You know, it's it's just it's it's floaty as shit, and it's cool. Now on the opposite, vocals are floaty. Yeah, dude, everything about it, and the the way again Frank's electronics come into play and all that. So on the flip side of that, the other big song off that album is my number three, and that is Hexagram. I really like how aggressive they get with it, you know? And that's when you could definitely tell the uh, Mashuga influence was coming in a little more. And I like the video for that, too. They just, like, hey, if you want to be in this video, come to this skate park in Sacramento or whatever. And fucking so all these people showed up, and it's them playing in a skate park, and it's all handheld camera, and, and just, you know. It's two opposite sides of the Deftone spectrum that I really enjoy. Hold that thought. Yeah. We, ju- we just listened to some of it. I, I just don't get into a lot of their quote-unquote heavier that's, songs. Yeah, that's one of them for me. It's like it's like an even more aggressive version of like... Their, like, it's not their, terrible. It's not anything like, oh, fuck that song. That song sucks. It's just average to me. Yeah, yeah. You know I, I, mean? I can feel that. I, I just really like it. My next one is probably not on anyone's fucking list. But to me, it's... I think it's one of their fucking best tunes. So this is the one that reminds me the most of like the bad side of splitting up mm-hmm. like because like my son's mom like she'd drink off and on here and there like all the time i was never against it or anything like that but and you know all my friends fucking you know most of my friends fucking drink too it was never a fucking thing it was just kind of like oh it's just something i don't really dig because even when i was younger i even when i had a drinking problem i didn't like drinking like mm-hmm. i would rather just smoked weed it's just a lot of times, man, weed wasn't around. Right. So I was like, well, you know, get some getting wasted. Like, all right, cool, fucking whatever. You know, grab some fucking Jack Daniels, pound it. But my brain, when all the fucking shit was going crazy, was, oh, she's drinking more. It must be the booze. Right. And that's just where my brain went. And in fact, that that affected me for a couple of years. So it was, um, so the girl I was dating after that, 
you know, we kind of, when we first started fucking going out, like we were just kind of meeting up at the bar or like we would go to the bar together. And, and it was always like, I mean, she drank more than I did and stuff and drank more often than I did. But at times it didn't bother me, but at other times it did. I would get in this spot and I just don't, I don't know what it was. Something had me blaming what happened. Not blaming. It wasn't all of that. But I mean, a part of that happened with my son's mom i'd pinned on booze right so when this other girl drank a little too much i'd be like whoa dude like i'd kind of get like that fucking little panic and shit like oh fuck and so so this song would come back up it's beware off saturday night wrist okay so i don't even know if you've even heard it <laughs> I, I statistically speaking you're saying all these songs and i'm just like okay i've probably hit- <laughs> I said there. That's my homework for the week. Is I got to go back and listen to some of it's these. It's got a weird, like industrialish type beat to it, and it's super wet, dude, with effects. Like it's fucking crazy. But I'll tell you right now, at four thirty six, it's got one of the fucking grimiest, fucking heaviest riffs ever. And it's also saying things like, you know, do you like the way the water tastes? Beware the water. And, and he's talking about alcohol. And, you know, kind of like the perils of alcohol. And that's where that came from was from some of that stuff. Like, and I honestly don't know how I fucking came across the song. Because, I'm, you know, again, I'm not like the lyric guy. And it's hard to tell what the fuck he's saying. I can imagine. You know, there's a lot of stuff, he, like I said, because he, he sings one word where most people would put like four or five words. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> He drags yeah. one word out. It's hard sometimes to tell what he's saying. Right. I must have heard this song. It's only the fourth on the album. Or third. It's not even. I think it's right before Cherry Waves. Okay, so I'll have to make a note of that one. So we're going to hold that thought again. I'm just going to show you this fucking last riff, dude. It's at the end of the... Like, it's nothing like the rest of the song. For sure, yeah. I, I bet there's probably a lot of people that like Deftones that probably have never heard that riff before because they just didn't fucking bother. Yeah. Because the rest of the song is kind of strange. It's really kind of... The whole album's out there. Yeah. Which is probably why it's not the That was the height of their weird, you know, drug and and relationship problems too and the internal strife in the band all culminating, you know, to Chi passing away. Eventually, I mean, he was in a coma forever too after that. So wait, was he on Hexagram? He was on. He was on that. He was on Saturday Night Wrist. Saturday Night Wrist was the last one. They started working on that new. I mean, what was going to be the next album? And then, uh, and then he was in the car accident. I think while they were not in the middle of it, but in, and I could be all wrong. But like they were working on that album, and then he got in the accident. Yeah, and then they then they went away for a while. It's, it's crazy to rem- or remember. Oh yeah, they they went away for a minute. I mean, even uh, Sergio. Ended up playing with him while he was still in the uh, coma, too, you know? So Chi had the accident in 2008, and then he passed away in 2013, unfortunately. Rest in peace. So, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, two albums with Sergio while he was still in the coma, unfortunately. Poor guy. Yeah, that's nuts, man. Yep. As you say, R.I.P.D. Right? Yep, yep, yep. All right, number two for you. Number two for me. Title track off Diamond Eyes. Fucking... Nice. Coming out of the gate, we're back. So, so right after what we were saying, you know, <laughs> unfortunately having to move on while she's out of existence, pretty much. Uh, they had a rough go with the the albums prior. They had their internal problems. They had substance abuse problems. You know, what you name it, all this stuff they had to come back from, and they come back fucking strong right out the gate with Diamond Eyes. You know, 
the the Mashuga influence is way more prominent than it ever was before, in a big way with the you know gnarly heavy guitars, still melodic as hell. Dude, dude, time will see us realign. Diamonds mm-hmm. rain across the sky. Shower me into the same realm. Like yep. that. That's one that I've posted several times on Instagram with mm-hmm. like just random fucking shots of clouds with the fucking sun shining through or a sunset or a sunrise or a fucking just a, a fuck. It's yeah, yeah. That fucking song is awesome. Absolutely, and it's just a heavy fucking riff. Like. Great guitar, fuck, guitar tone too. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. dude, it's fucking gnarly, good Absolutely. man. Like, the, uh, that was that was one I was. I mean, that that was why I was like, but I was probably not a top five, but I'm putting it in the thirty. Mm-hmm. I'm putting it in the twenty. It made it to the fifteen. It's one of those things we talk about before, where it's like, you know, is this better than this? Yeah. No. Is this better than this? No. And it's like, oh, you know, like I really, it's yeah, like, yeah. oh, I kind of wanted this one, other, but there's this too, because you only get five spots. So yep. that's kind of the fun of it. And God, but damn, that's yep. a this really is, uh, yeah, this is the one. A lot of my friends that hated Deftones even had to be like, yeah, okay, this is good. Fucking game changer, dude. Weird, weird video again. Lots of owls and these weird owl hybrid chick things. And well, yeah, there's an owl on the fucking album cover, mm-hmm. <laughs> which don't get me wrong, I fucking love owls. They're yeah, pretty cool. Fucking. <laughs> You know. Owl metal, man. <laughs> <laughs> Owl metal, right? Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, that's uh, Cavella Attack, but you know. Um, <laughs> so, it is time. Oh, it's time. It's time. One. It's time. What is your number one for Deftones? My number one is Rosemary. Mm. It's got the fucking, one of the heaviest fucking best riffs, one of my favorite riffs. So, I like the, the fucking mellow, trippy intro, you know, and then it's, like it's so fucking good perfect fucking drum beat for that fucking shit it get it fucking drives when it needs to it backbeats when it needs to ah and it's got the pretty fucking chorus too stay with me as we cross the empty sky you know and then it's got the fucking end the it's very Meshuggah E because yep. it's like not on the four. I think it's on the five yeah. or something like That's that. That's probably an eight string song too, it's right? So, oh yeah, it's pretty low. And I mean, it's got the fucking huge bass sound, a little bit of fucking, little bit of edge on the bass too, mm-hmm. some distortion on there. That was one thing. Fuck, is Sergio gnarly. had a much more distinct tone to me than, than she did. They, I mean, they both have distinct tones, but his was way fuzzier and, and a little more distorted, you know? Which is weird because he doesn't really do that in uh, quicksand with that tone. Or no, and he, he doesn't. Didn't. He he doesn't slide as much as Chi. Ah, yeah, that's true. You know, Chi was very slinky, very mm-hmm. slithered. Yes, you know, and yeah, yeah. and Sergio doesn't slither as much, but he's also it's like he's more direct. Yeah, he's more of kind of like a kick in the face where Chi was kind of like I'll sneak up behind you and cut yeah, your throat. Yeah. Like, I like so, it, yeah. ever since the first time I heard it, mm-hmm. the first time I heard this song. This is my favorite Deftones song. It's the best song they've ever fucking made. This is fucking awesome. And I just can't say anything else more about it. Like, it's just fucking <laughs> great, man. Like, so I like that we're. Go both, listen to it. Yeah. We're, you know, we're, uh... you know, it's like, go listen to it, man. You'll find out. It's got the big heavy ending. So, I mean, I guess that's kind of a, a theme for my one and two. Mm-hmm. It's got the fucking heavy ending, mm-hmm. man. Like, but it's it's got the trippy intro and the big pretty chorus, and it's just got a fucking massive massive riff yeah those solid endings on that whole album you know so oh, yeah. it's cool that we're in agreement. that's our favorite album 
because my number one is just a couple songs after yours, and it's the last track off of Koino Yokan. No way. Yeah. What happened to you? Yeah, dude. Wow, That's dude. That's my favorite. <laughs> I remember. That's pretty weird because that song has a very specific. That thing is the for me. ethereal song. That is the trippy fucking. I love that song, dude. That, that's my number one. And if you put it on a playlist, right after that is prayers and or prayers triangles, dude. So it's like a good one. Uh, yeah, I. That's solid as hell, dude. I I love it. It's it's trippy and it's clean and it's pretty and. It kind of eats. They're like it's like they keep replaying the song, but they keep adding a new part every time they do it. Yeah, throughout the whole song. Ah, I love it. Go listen to Koi no Yokan, you bastards. Yeah, there was just, I mean, there was just like a strange reason why I just wasn't gonna put this one on my list. Well, I mean, I guess the main reason would be like, um, it's for me. Fair Great enough. fucking tune though. Very pretty. And yeah, I really like how it builds all the textured shit. Like it's. It's like the guitars singing its own song. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kind yeah. of. Yeah. You know, they talked about a lot of their 80s, you know, post-punk, new wave influence. I feel like that's a big one right there. You know, they talk about, if you think about the weird, trippy, chorusy, shimmery guitar stuff. Yeah, dude. It's really cool. And it, that was one that kind of snuck up on me when the album came out. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, at, at first it was just kind of like, oh, I mean, you know, you're listening to it. It's like the little... You know, with the little fucking rim shot, with the rim shot oh, drum yeah, beat. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like I'm a not, reggae one almost. I'm not super big of a fan of that. Even even in rap songs, I'm not a real big fan of that. Like, mm. it's just has a weird fucking kind of sound. But So I'd always just kind of like, oh, you know, I'm going to go back to Rosemary. I'm going to go back to Tempest. Or I'm yeah. going to go back to, you know, Romantic Dreams or Swerve City. But, mm. you know, it's just like, oh, I'm just going to go back to... And, and then, I mean, one time I actually just went through and, like, I mean, just listened to the whole thing. Yeah. And it was just like, holy fuck. That's thing, <laughs> you know dude. what I mean? Like, that's a front to back. I, I talk about cherry picking some of the songs from the rest of the records. Koinoyo Khan front to back. Oh, easy. Diamond Eyes front to back. Yeah. White Pony front to back. Those are my favorite three. And it's hard to choose between all three, but I can. Like, Mine's two. White Pony's close front to back. It would be, it would be third front to back. Mm-hmm. For sure. I think that's the order I'm in at this point, too. You know, but definitely Koi and then Diamond Eyes for sure, yeah. I don't know. You just can't really fuck with those two albums. They're yeah. so fucking good, man. Like, I gotta, and I'm surprised to see. I mean, I'm really like excited to see. I mean, is there talks of them recording anytime soon? Yeah, they're, they're supposed to have something out next year. That was the big thing is after the whole thing with steven not being involved with oh, i was gonna say shit man like next year will be three years since gore came yeah. out wow what chino and steven Jesus. were writing together on their own for a while not too long ago because he wanted to get steven back involved in the that's just the nuts process. to me that it's been that long the gaps well especially well i mean yeah because well i mean okay so i mean i listen to koi all the time so it seems like it's just still it just barely came I, out I, i'm with you know, that it's like too fuck, yeah. it's 2012 when that yeah, came out at I the mean, same time it's well fucking six years ago yeah that's a long time yeah mm-hmm. and that's i mean that's another thing i guess it's like gore came out and it just kind of came and went it was yeah a lot of people weren't as strong on that one no. as the others so it's the saturday night race part two is whatever <laughs> refers to it as straight up <laughs> right so that's our top five Deftones albums. Mm-hmm. Um, hit us up on all the socials and our Gmail. Rate and review. Subscribe. Subscribe, all that shit. Everything is the Metalist Podcast. Yep. Oh, right. almost forgot. the t- Yeah, the top five on Spotify. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah Let's yeah, hit yeah. that. So, but remember all the other shit, too. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so number five, we got Digital Bath, which makes okay. sense. 
Right after that, Be Quiet and Drive Far Away with 18,767,666 plays. After that is Passenger with 23 million, uh, 2,200, or yeah, 208. After that, guesses? Oh, number two. If number one is number one, what's number two? <laughs> oh, shove it? Yeah. 39,561,618. And then, by far and away, the, the number one song, Change in the House of Flies. Easily their biggest song. Mm-hmm. It was easily the biggest one all over MTV. Oh, yeah. 63,054,782. Do you remember that video at all? I, I remember it's that one It's just them at some weird party and everybody's all fucking lethargic and cracked out and just meh. Yeah, I, I remember that one because it was on MTV so much, but I don't remember actually sitting and just watching the whole video. I just remember like it being on when I was, if you, you know, like yeah. it was being on like when I was at a house or whatever. But if you see one still image from it, you've seen the whole video. <laughs> I mean, it's, <laughs> you know a, I mean? it's a good, it's a really good song. I remember you said it was on, we had, you had it on your summer jams <clears throat> one. Um, and you talked about how big it was, and it was. It was a huge fucking song. Yeah, yeah. But I also think, like, at the time, too, man, I don't think people had... I, I don't think people knew that they had that kind of song in them. Yeah, no kidding. Because they didn't have anything like that on around the fur or adrenaline. So, I, and they were already huge on, on the first two records, so it's like, how much further could they go? And it turned out a lot more. Yeah, like, it was... Yeah, that was massive, mm-hmm. and it's not like... It's, it's mellow, but it's not, like, pussy mellow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, it's really... It's a really f- cool fucking song. Man. And then, like, like, you hear the radio version everywhere, everywhere, ever, and the video version. And then you get the album version, and it's, like, extended, and there's yeah. a little more to it, and you're like, oh, yeah. whoa! It's fucking great. And then you hear the acoustic version, and you're like, whoa! Yeah. Like, that's even cooler, because it's like, when they released the acoustic version, I was like, why? Yeah. It's a it's a clean song. Yep. <laughs> those those acoustic textures, man, it all it's, just it, works. It, it is different. When you, when you actually listen to it, you're like, oh, wait, yeah, I mean, there's a different, oh, yeah, there's a difference between a clean guitar, or, you know, or even a dirty clean guitar, mm-hmm. and an acoustic guitar. So Absolutely. So it ch- totally changes it. Fuck yeah, right on. Yep, yep. Thanks for joining us, folks. Hit us up with your uh, top Deftone stuff, and we hope to see you soon. Bye.